Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 489 for the 1st of February, 2017. So great to have you here. Tonight, we've got an exciting show for you. We are going to be looking at uh, a way to create space scenes in the GIMP, the GNU Image Manipulation Program. Uh, We're going to refer back to a past episode. We're going to show you this as we continue our series on 20 weeks of GIMP tips. In addition to that, uh, something came in the mail. I don't know what it is. You want to stick around? I want to unbox that for you tonight. We're going to check it out and see what it is. Kind of exciting. (laughs) Sasha. Yes. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Facebook has introduced a new service to help users recover lost passwords. Audio-based hacks are becoming more of a fear as scientists reveal the potential uses. A new pair of electronic glasses autofocus on what you're looking at. Eight years of evidence have been lost by Texas police thanks to ransomware. And see a great deal on a black phone too? On eBay, it's quite likely a counterfeit. It will be bricked by the manufacturer. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives from Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Tonight, would you help me welcome Sasha Dermatis? Hello. And Henry Bailey Brown is back with us again tonight. Good to see you. Can't get rid of me. How you been? <laughs> That's, good. That's good. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. You've been uh, today. I was. I was actually thinking about you. We had our first blue sky in a long time. I thought, I wonder if Henry's flying today. You know what? I would be. I would be, but I've been editing photos the entire time, so... Editing photos? I've been busy, apparently, like a bee. What are you up to? Oh, you know, just did some uh, Skate Canada stuff, rented a Canon 5D Mark III. I love that camera. It's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, just uh, getting ready to get some more stock video of Barry for... Some drone stuff, so that's oh, kind of cool. exciting. Yeah, so, I guess the season's coming, and ah, uh, yeah, get some nice winter images. It, it's and, staying bright later, I'm noticing. So yes, we can start to fly after hours and still have some sun up. So. I know. Mm-hmm. You just gotta that's go flying thing. sometime, guys. And there Can't you go. Wait, I've got I, a, I do like every single day. Do like a daily out loud remark. I'm like, it's five thirteen, and it's still <laughs> light out. Still sun. Yay. I was barbecuing on Sunday, and it was still bright out. It's usually See? pitch black. It has been traditionally here in Barry. Although we've had miserable mm. weather, and I say that because I've it's been trying, I've been trying to shoot an outdoor video shoot. And trying, we that's have, the action. Yeah, word. we've had absolutely no days where it can happen. It's just been rain mm. and cloud, and it's just been terrible. So I'm looking forward to that season where we can do some outdoor stuff. It's mm-hmm. been and newsworthy bad weather. In, yeah, in here. In, in here in Ontario. There you have it. So now you know why we're basically trapped in the studio. We've been trapped here the entire week, guys. Yeah, we couldn't leave. <laughs> I mean, during the show. Oh, Come on, we're not getting out much. Uh, so you're doing a lot of stuff with your business. Have you ever had a need for a logo? You know what? I think we all need logos at some point in our lives. Like, even just having one yourself, like Robbie's own logo. That'd be great. But yeah, I, I, I would totally need, I especially for... with the Robbie's <laughs> own. No, but especially like for small startups and whatnot, especially finding somebody who can give you at a fair price, who isn't going to overcharge you, right? Professionally designed logos. So true. At an affordable price. 
that's mm-hmm. not at all unreasonable. And in fact, the logo company, one of our partners at Category 5 TV, uh, we're partnered with them through February and are mm-hmm. offering 25% discounts on all referrals that go wow. through our link. Uh, so all you have to do in order to find out how to get that discount, if you're looking for a logo for your business, for maybe a family member's business, um, you need a logo for your blog or your podcast or whatever it is <laughs> that you may need, we're giving 25% off and they've already got great prices and they do a great job. Head on over to category5.tv and click on support us and you'll see shop with our partners. And if you scroll down, you're going to see the logo company and all the information you need in order to get your 25% off. But hurry, that is only for the month of February. Right, which is the mm-hmm. shortest month of all. So get your hustle on. <laughs> Just the do it. shortest month. <laughs> Speaking of short months, uh, rent is paid. It's the first of the month. Yes. Woo! Thanks, everybody, for your support. <laughs> we made it. Uh, but it is a short month. So do keep that in mind, please, as you consider cont- contributing this month, uh, be it through Patreon, be it through our, our tip jar. Uh, we will have rent creep up on us a lot quicker than, uh, than usual. It's funny because, if I'm not mistaken, February is only a few days shorter than every other month, but it always feels like right. it's just like, boom, it's gone. Yeah. Which is good, because February, yeah. It might be the, yeah. the change in the, you know, starts to get a little bit warmer sometimes. February is the lead into March, and March yeah. means, like, March break. Almost so. there. We're almost there. We're almost to spring. Almost, almost there. This is very optimistic so far tonight. We're already thinking about March break, and we are. We're starting to plan out our March break right. show. We've got a special coming up. Make sure your kids are ready for it, because we are going to be focused on the kids uh, over the March break here at Category 5 Technology TV. I'm looking forward to that. I actually have a, I have a funny Patreon story. Yeah? Okay, so today I got an email from Patreon because I... Gather around, kids. <laughs> Let me tell you You got story. an email from Patreon. Well, I, I, they send one a they month. They send one a yeah. month as a thank you for, for contributing for yes, whichever yeah. shows that you've chosen. And then they give mm-hmm. you like a little thumbnail of each show and a little link. Oh, which is how I decided what to wear today because I was like, I can't remember what I wore. <laughs> so you clicked Recently, on the link to see what... This what is how I've you gauge what you've worn. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! You know it's funny. It's funny because I I tend to do the same. I will check the previous week's show thumbnail just to make sure that I don't wear the same shirt twice. <laughs> it's actually Thank amazing. <laughs> and I, and I've stopped wearing awful sweaters as well because you know I get I you get your emails. I like my turtle. I get random <laughs> random hate mail. Robbie, your sweater is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I actually asked my wife, "Does this sweater actually look dumb?" What She's did like, she say? "Well, it's." She said it's something like, "It's, it seems a little old for you, like as if it's something that You'll like Mister Rogers it. would wear, but <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't." Kind of thing. I'm just oh too hip. So tonight, I'm you know I've got my my you know yeah you're looking. retro looking T-shirt on good. Got your, uh, with my Starfleet communicator. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's all very very important stuff. There you you're go. Right on point now. <laughs> <laughs> all set up. <laughs> yes, all set and ready to go. Uh, we've made some improvements. I mentioned um, having the Roku all fixed up for live viewing. That's awesome. Also. Our RSS feeds are in the works of having a major improvement done on them. If you haven't subscribed yet to our RSS, you can go to category5.tv, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll find subscribe. And uh, we've got uh, what we call our consolidated feed, which is basically Mm -hmm. all of the Category 5 shows consolidated into one feed. That's awesome. Uh, Or you can tune in just to specific broadcasts. What are we doing? Traditionally, over the years... The RSS feeds have been limited to 10, 
of the most recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And the thinking going into that as I programmed it years ago was that your aggregator is going to grab the most recent 10, mm-hmm. and then every week as it sinks, you're going to get the next one and the next one and the next one. So you're going to okay. then end up with all of the episodes for the past however long you've been watching, mm-hmm. plus 10, 10 weeks of backlogs. Well, the fact is, is, we realize that a lot of you are you know, coming into the show. You've just found us. Thank you so much for subscribing on YouTube and liking our Facebook page. Uh, and so because you're new here, you want to see some of those older episodes. So we've opened up our RSS uh, system, and every single episode that is available is going to be a part of our feed. So you're going to actually be able to scroll and scroll and scroll. This is... 489 episodes so far of just this show. So that's nice. that's what their March break's going to be, eh? That's they it. They can make their plans right now to that's have you a got marathon. Time for. Leading up got to, time for. Yeah, there you go. Wow. That's One a, more. Oh, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. That's a lot of hours of show. Oh, yeah. Like... 489 minimum, I would expect, because sometimes we go over. A little over. Very rarely do we, we go couple, over. Yeah, we have a couple of specials, right, in yeah. there that were... Oh, yeah, that three-hour special, that put us over. For sure. Nah. Have fun with that. (laughs) One other improvement that's worth uh, mentioning, and I did mention um, one of our partners tonight, the Logo Company. Uh, We do now have coupons as part of our partner system. So if you go to our website, category5.tv, click on support us, and then uh, shop with our partners, you will start to see some coupons being integrated into that system. Mm -hmm. So as we're able to establish these relationships, we're going to include those timely, they're time-sensitive coupons. So they expire, you know, after 30 days or whatever. So we'll have those up there for you. So it, it gives you another reason to actually go through our website. Whenever you're shopping online, you're going to be able to save a ton of cash and that supports the show and it mm-hmm. really really does uh, mm-hmm. as I said our rent was paid on time and I appreciate that very very much and a lot of that does come from people shopping on Amazon and you shopping on eBay and things like that mm-hmm. and just simply doing it by clicking the links on our website and that uh, that helps support us you know what what category5.tv is a member of the tech podcast network if it's tech it's here cat5.tv slash tpn and the international association of internet broadcasters cat5.tv slash iaib thank you sasha i have vowed to myself <laughs> i will do that at the beginning half of the show that's a good idea it and I, it's done yeah and viewers if anyone from the international association of internet broadcasters or tpn for that matter contact you and say have they done that every episode then you please tell them <laughs> yes, yes. We are o- obligated to mention it, and we you, don't always remember. You can't see it on here, but like I'm supposed to say it. It says my name. Oh, so it's Sasha's name. So say anytime it, it was every, missed, yeah. it's there Sasha's And I get fault. all distracted by the chat room and by my news story. Sure, and, and I'm watching the chat room yeah. here as well. Nice to see everybody. Albert R., great to see you. Dennis Kelly, uh, Sparkly Balls, joining us again tonight in Albuquerque, Turkey. Uh, mm. I want to mention as well, um, you know, just a shout out to everybody, but... Uh, I had a, I had quite a week, um, mm-hmm. but I, there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel. How open source saves the day, and it quite often does. <laughs> yes. I won't I won't say necessarily all open source, but free software, freely available software, can save the day. And we're looking at the GNU mm-hmm. image manipulation program tonight. But uh, I was in a scenario where I had helped move a, a server for a customer, mm-hmm. and this server was an old server, and it simply had not been shut down. For many years, oh it my had been running twenty four seven, and it ran fine. Yeah. but it had never been turned off. 
Uh oh. <laughs> That's not good. It can't. It can be problematic. So, needless to say, having shut it down for a day and then fired it back up at their new location, it did mm-hmm. not come back online. And so that's you know the worst case scenario is that you, you it just doesn't run it doesn't work and you don't have any real you know look at this thing and everything looks okay and it's mm-hmm. it's dead it just has not had power pulled from it for so long and somehow it kept going wow. um, but my point is is that to save the day i was able to use virtualbox and create a virtual machine of their old server and have it back up and running within about a day and a half. Wow. And very, very quickly, now I've got this virtual machine version of this server that's running on the network and and using free software. That's amazing. That's a fantastic thing. Wow. Virtualization is incredible, and sometimes you talk to people and they're not really familiar with it. Uh, something you definitely want to check out if you're if you're dealing with any kind of server environments or you want to expand a computer to be able to support other platforms. We use it in tech support as well. So if mm-hmm. someone calls me up and says, you know, I'm running Windows 10 and I want to do this and this and this, I can actually bring up a virtual machine of Windows 10 so that I can see what they're seeing. That's awesome. That <laughs> is awesome. Actually. It really does a yeah. good job for that as well. Technology. Uh, check out virtualbox.org. Saved the day for me and really, really took a lot of, you know, so there's my, my burden <laughs> gone for the week. So we've got them all taken care of. But um, so that, that was uh, quite, a, quite a start to the week. You survived. <laughs> we made it to Wednesday. Here we go. Halfway there. Uh, are we ready to get into it? I think so. Do it. Thank you for being here tonight. It's so nice to see you. Uh, I got a package. Came in the mail here. Ooh. Yay. And I got to admit, I, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned. It rattles. <laughs> so there's movement. Oh. Something. Something seems up Something. there. Something. Mm. Yeah. Let's uh, let's bring over our unboxing cam here, here Henry. Go. Henry's got the unboxing I, I've camera. Worked, I've worked so hard to do this correctly. Watch this. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, full 90 degrees. Look at you go. Here we go. We trained him for a week on that. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Let's see what we got here. Oh. What? Oh, and the cell is broken off. Oh, no. (laughs) We're going to take a look at that in just a second. But this is NCC-1701D, an alloy model, officially licensed merchandise. Very, very hard to get your hands on. However, we do have these now. We've got a stockpile at cat5.tv slash Star Trek. And with this, well, I mean, every geek's dream is to have the Enterprise. You can have her own starship now. That's all taped up. You know what? It's, it's really, really hard to find this. I, I have a, you can see it from here. The viewers can't see it, but I have a USS mm-hmm. Reliant up oh, on the yeah. shelf. Oh, it's from the same series. I bought the Reliant because I couldn't get NCC 1701D, but now which is here. the Enterprise <laughs> from the next generation. Yes, it is finally here. It's finally warped After in. years. <laughs> Thank <Sorry>. you. <laughs> okay, so let's see. So this is, this is an alloy, like metal six inch model well i just love the details on it like the it, detail is incredible. detailing with all the small windows ports i'm being so elegant it's so, so gentle okay so i've got a nacelle that has fallen off now the nacelle is plastic i can tell that the body is, is definitely an alloy are they actually backwards though oh no they aren't the nacelles no no yeah you were fine sorry i was like wait a minute oh sweet so it's not actually broken oh okay i can't tell 
I, I can see a bezel here, and I want to, I want to try to yank on it and see if the saucer section does come off. I don't think it does. This isn't the movie. Yes, this, this is, is not the movie. This is not. Yeah, this is not Encounter at Farpoint, Robbie. Oh my gosh. Okay, but there you go. Doesn't that look beautiful? Does it have like a good weight to it too? It or? does. Yeah, give it a feel. Ooh. So now you can actually. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay, we've got a stand here. All right. <sighs> so I'm nerding out right now. This, this, is, this is great. And they have all the small details as well. And they actually... It's really well detailed. And it actually has texture to it, too. Like, it's not just all, like, stuck on... You broke the nacelle! You broke off the nacelle! Just, no, just, just call, like, is Jordy or someone. Is it a tiny little hidden camera? That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome yeah. if it was, like, a little drone just hovers around. <laughs> It does feel like maybe there was meant to be a little bit of glue on that, so I can easily fix that. But mm -hmm. yeah, can you guys? It's so tiny, and yet the detail. And that's the thing too is that it's real metal; it's not plastic, mm -hmm. right? So beautiful. So this is going back to 2012 when this was designed, developed, and sold. And this is what I mean by it: it's getting fairly hard to get this as a collectible item. But you can pick one up, and it is actually very cheap. At cat5.tv slash Star Trek. I, <laughs> I, I don't like to mention pricing on, this, on the show, because yeah. from week to week, the pricing is going to change. Oh, yeah, definitely. But under $20. Seriously, yeah. for that quality, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought it was at least going to be 50 or 60 And they actually have... I saw one on Amazon, uh, same thing, and someone's charging 100 and a quarter for it. Wow. Because they're collector's items now. Now, how does this work? I guess this must clip on. Yeah, it's with the disc and... Oh, okay. Let's move that nacelle that I need to glue on. Yeah. And that happened during transit, I guarantee you. Oh, it actually... Oh, it goes on like that. Um, oh, so it's oh, like okay. the rear section. Okay, yeah, so it just so clips it's on. It's basically taken off. Of there you go. Nice. I, I tell you, those Klingons, you know, like they, they do some damage to... What you want about Orson? There you go. There. <laughs> there it is. Nice little thing to add to our set. It's awesome. <laughs> Get it at cat5.tv slash Star Trek. I'm going to move a couple things aside here. And there we oh, go. Oh, see, our new studio space just keeps getting better. <laughs> Air. Prepare oh. for the clutter. <laughs> Beautiful. Like That's awesome. <laughs> Keep the packaging. If you get one, I want to see a picture. What are we using these bells for tonight, anyways? We still have to figure out. You we know, like, know. We, we need a good reason for we them. We need viewers to say, look, this is what we want you to use the bell for. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Don't worry, chat room. I'm going to get a little bit, just an ever little bit of, uh, like, a crazy glue or something like that and, uh, and stick that on. You won't even be able to notice. There you go. Dennis Kelly said when you did a close-up, he could, he could see somebody waving. That was Picard. Captain Picard. <laughs> he was in the in the yeah. Uh, start the meme. Uh. <laughs> there you have it. Okay, well we're gonna get uh, right into it with the GNU image manipulation program in a moment. I've got to take a really quick break, folks, and we'll be right back after this. Jeff Weston, Yaman, you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. 
One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're gonna find. Five dollars and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. You're you're feeding me? Are we feeding? Have a wrap. Half a wrap. I'm trying to use the force of the wrap. Uh, what? Aren't you going to continue? No, it's only a half a wrap. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Robbie's sort of funny, I'll take the bell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sort of bad funny. puns. <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us this week again. And uh, you'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Now, tonight, we're kind of on the theme of space. We were looking at a Starship Enterprise unboxing of a model. And so we thought it would be appropriate to... Yeah, you're going to set off my music. <laughs> we learned that last <laughs> week. Oh, really? <laughs> we really did. Um, have you been using it? Have I been using yeah. it? Okay, we're going to digress here. <laughs> yes. I'm going to completely geek out here. Um, yeah, I've tried it for various different things, and I'm starting to learn how to use it. That's awesome. I haven't worn it in public yet, oh. um, but I've certainly around. Yeah. When I had a little computer issue at work and I called you for your help, did you talk to me through that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Sasha. Makes sense. <laughs> I'll beam over the repair. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you a cool space awesome. fact? Just mm-hmm. came out in the news. Please tell me a cool space fact. I can't remember the names of the astronauts because the I'm Kelly. horrible at this. But there was... Oh. Is it? Do you know? You know the name? Of the... Was it, wasn't it Kelly? I don't know. Okay. Anyway... Twin astronauts. Mm-hmm. One Twin of them, astronauts? Yeah, one of them spent a little bit of time in space, one of them spent a year in space, then they tested them to see differences. Oh, space really? Space changes your DNA. Makes your chromosomes longer, I yeah. think, apparently. It also oh, so you, this was a study. Yeah, and he yeah. came back two inches oh, isn't, taller than isn't his Isn't that brother. interesting? Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, Scott Kelly. Okay, so I got Kelly. Yeah. Hey. And his uh, twin brother, Mark. Mark wasn't in space as long. Okay. I think. So what did they find? He was on the ground. Right. So DNA, your DNA changes, your bone density your changes. Your actual DNA changes? Yeah. Interesting. And you get taller. Interesting that they use twins for this study because I can see where they're going with this. Find out, mm-hmm. you know, does, does something like height become affected? Right. Right. And if you can see this picture that I pulled off of the news story... Uh, one of the gentlemen is is significantly shorter. Yep, two inches. You got yeah. it. Two inches, yep. Isn't that unreal? So if you ever want, ever Gra- want to be taller. <laughs> yes, it's gravity that's doing it. I'm not really short. Just weighed down by the weight of the uh, world. <laughs> what they don't show you with that photo is that one of them is standing on a tin can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Isn't that neat, though? That is pretty cool. DNA changes. That's weird. Your chromosomes. That's really weird. Now, yeah. could that be from the, the food that they're eating? 
like but that would impact food change your DNA. Oh, uh, I think it could. You are what you eat. <sighs> there you go. Yeah, we learned it from Jamie Oliver. You know, do you really want to make your body out of French fries? I don't think so. <laughs> French fries are delicious. <laughs> I know, I know. French fries um, are awesome. Yeah, so. bad example. <laughs> JWMP says, "Whoa, one of them lost the mustache." And that's why we have a chat room during the live show. That it was so funny. People. That Just was so, so amazing. <laughs> okay, as we are on the space theme, let's get right into it. We're going to jump into GNU Image Manipulation Program. It's a free application that you can download for Windows, Mac, or Linux. Go to gimp.org to get yours today. And uh, it's basically like a Photoshop clone. You're going to see mm -hmm. it in just a moment. Uh, this is number 16 of our 20 weeks of GIMP tips. And uh, tonight we're actually going back in time. Krista's going to be joining us from episode number 333 as we look at how to actually create a mock-up of a space scene using the GNU image manipulation program. And first thing we're going to do is create a new canvas. So that's file, new. And let's say we're going to create this. Uh, what screen resolution do you work in typically, Krista, as far as your computer goes? Uh, you know? I believe it's 1024 by, I don't know. Oh, it's a, it's a fairly small screen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are crying. What's wrong, Sasha? <laughs> I have never seen Robbie with hair. <laughs> Sasha.exe has stopped working. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I will compose myself. <laughs> and now, more from episode 333. Okay. Yeah, it's just a lot. Well, let's, let's, let's go with, say, it's 1080p. So, uh, th this is just the resolution. It doesn't really matter, but you want it to be big enough that it's usable. So I'm going to go 1920 by 1080, just so it's a nice big canvas, all right? So there's my canvas to start working on. That's what we're going to draw on. So you look at that kind of a picture. Of course, you're going to think, this is going to be a lot of work to sit there and down all the stars, put all those stars everywhere, draw a beautiful planet and do these solar flares and things like that. Once you get this routine down, you're going to be able mm -hmm. to do this with free software, mind in you. In your sleep. Not even. It, it, five minutes and you'll be able to rock out one of these photos. And you saw how realistic cool. this looks. So, so let's actually do it. Let's see if this can actually be done. We're on live TV tonight. I've created my blank white canvas. I'm going to right-click on my canvas and go Filters. And what we want to do is we want to add our stars. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to um, add our basically like noise but i think what i what i'd actually want to do first rather than getting into complicated inversion and stuff i'm going to actually fill my canvas with black does that make sense it's a space scene uh, there's a black foreground color so what i've done is i've just filled with foreground black okay let's make a new layer so that we can manipulate that background layer later and on that layer let's right click and go filters noise and we're going to go hurl and you may think as you click on hurl uh, I'm just going to use the default settings, 50% uh, randomization, and repeat one. Random seed is 10. I'm just going to hit, uh, I'm going to turn on randomize, actually, instead of a random seed there, and hit OK. Just so, so that just adds a whole bunch of noise, basically. It's like white noise. 
But you see that that actually starts to, it kind of looks like stars, but they're colorized. So what we need to do is we need to decolorize that, or what's the word that we would use is desaturate. So it's one of our filters, and we go with a luminosity desaturation. But in fact, before I do that, I find, I don't know about you, Krista, but that's a really star-heavy really universe, is. right? Yeah. That's so like there's just Star Wars. There's too many stars, <laughs> okay? So in order to get rid of those, while it's still a color, I haven't desaturated yet, while it's still color noise, I'm going to go into my colors filters and do levels, which you're familiar with from Photoshop, if you use Photoshop, and grab the, uh, the shadow one, which is on the far left here, the triangle there that I'm dragging, and drag closer to the right. And you'll see what starts to happen is some of those stars, or the noise, starts to disappear. There we go. So when I, when I found a spot that seems pretty good to me, then I can hit OK. You'll notice, too, that I've pressed the one key on my keyboard, so I'm not zoomed out to the full canvas, because then it just looks black. I actually want to be zoomed into one so that I can see that, yeah, there are quite a few stars there. So I'm going to now right-click and go Color, Desaturate, and change to luminosity, and you'll see that what's happened is it's just simply changed my stars to white dots in the sky. But because they were all different colors previously, they actually have different shades of white, gray, silver, that kind of thing. So I'm starting to get a bit of a starfield-looking thing going on here, but there's something missing. We don't really have any kind of flares or anything like that coming off. We don't have any kind of... Um, sparkle is what the GIMP calls it. So I'm going to right-click and go Filters, Light and Shadow, and Sparkle. And what Sparkle does is it just adds a little bit of a shimmer to points of light mm -hmm. and things like that. Because these are simple dots throughout our canvas, it's, it's pretty easy to work with. Luminosity threshold, you'd probably want it really, really low, not quite to zero, but I've got it at the very lowest setting, uh, 0 0.001, and my flare intensity, let's start at, say, 0 0.08. The rest of them I'm just going to leave as default, 24, 15, 1.0, and then zero the rest of the way. Natural colors, everything else, hit OK, and we'll just see how that looks. Okay, so that didn't make enough of a difference for me. So what we'll do, just kind of tweak our settings. I'm going to zoom back out to one, and let's run another filter here. Notice what I did is I hit Control-Z to undo the last effect. Add Sparkle again, and let's change our uh, settings here just a little tiny bit. I'm going to bring up the flare intensity to, say, 0.14 and bring up my luminosity threshold to 0 0.003. And did you see that? Yeah, they just kind of popped out a little bit. I'm going to Control-Z to undo, and then Control-Y to redo. And you see what's happened is some of them have just kind of brightened up a little bit. I'm going to show you what it's actually done. I'm going to zoom in a little bit, and here's one of the stars here. And you can see that it's actually added a bit of a... bit of a glow to it. A bit of a glow. Yeah, that's a good word for it. And so we're really starting to get a star field kind of look. I wanna, I'm going to control Z and I'm going to make it a little bit heavier just for you at home so that you can see what this does. I'm going to increase my luminosity to 0 0.004 and my flare intensity to 0 0.18. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> I still have my selection there. Let's try that again. Filters, repeat, sparkle. There we go. So that's a much more extreme example. That's not quite what I would do, but I wanted to show you so that it can be really clearly seen on your screen what we're actually doing. We're adding this kind of a shimmer kind of sparkle to those, uh, to those stars. So I'm going to go back into that. I've undone it, and I'm going to find the threshold that works for me. And, and a lot of it, and Krista, you know this from graphic design, but a lot of it is just kind of playing with the settings, trial and error. undoing, yeah. and redoing, and, and going back and forth until you find that perfect threshold. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change based on um, the size of your canvas, mm -hmm. how many stars there are, how bright they are. Um, the sparkle, you know, the settings will be different based on those various things. So let's turn down our luminosity to 0 0.2 and flare intensity, let's try, uh, and that was 0 0.002, sorry, and flare intensity to 0 0.15. And there are the rest of the settings as well. And we'll hit OK and we'll see how that looks. That looks pretty good to me. How do you like that, Krista? Yeah, it looks nice and glittery. Yeah, nice and glittery, she says. Okay, so next step is we need to, now we've got a beautiful star field, and you can use that if you like star fields and you want to just go with that and set that as your desktop background. It's pretty perfect. Uh, looks really nice. But we want to add more. We want to go all out. Let's add a mm -hmm. planet. So what's involved in creating something as unique as a planet? Well, let's get over to, we're going to use the Google search engine today. And I'm going to go into image search, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to try rock texture, for example. Now, you see that there are a ton of different textures here from earth rocks. What we want to do, because you may be using this, you may be distributing this, you may be sharing this, you may be putting it online. In our case, we're broadcasting it on the air. We want to make sure that we have the rights to use the photos that we're going to use. So let's go into search tools, usage rights, labeled for commercial reuse and modification. Mm -hmm. So now we're only looking at photographs of rocks that we are allowed to use royalty-free, and we're not going to have any kind of lawsuits or anything like that. So, so we're safe. Good, good tip. So we don't want cobblestones. That's not going to work for our planet surface. But you want to look and think, think, okay, well, what would look like a nice surface from space for a planet? If we wanted to go with something like a Mars-looking thing, maybe that would work really well. Um, what else could we go with? If one stands out to you, Krista, just say the word. I don't know. There's so many that could There's work in uh, different applications of it. So I'd I probably... I'd stay away from maybe the silverish kind of stone, go with something with a bit more color, because it's more interesting as far as against the night sky. Cool stuff, though, eh? So let's go back up to the top. I'm just going to grab one here. Let's pick what we're doing here is we're picking the texture for our planet, what it's going to look like on the surface. I would say either something like that, or perhaps if we want to go something a little bit more... Um, scourged by space dust. Yeah. Something like that. You want to go with that? Yeah. Why go subtle? Okay. So let's grab that image. We're going to go copy image location. Go back to the GIMP and go file, open location, paste in the URL, and open it up. So now we need to make sure that our canvas is uniform square. So we're going to go image, canvas size, grab the smallest number, and paste it into the largest number, and then hit resize. So now we've got a perfect square canvas, and you see that the, the actual um, image 
extends out past the canvas. So we need to right-click again and go Layer, Layer to Image Size. So now we've got that. So next up, we need to turn this into a planet. We're going to right-click, Filters, Distorts, and Apply Lens. Real simple, what we want to do with this is we want to adjust the Lens Refraction Index to give that good round appearance to our planet. Notice that there are, you know, you see the edges there, but you do see a round circle mm -hmm. or s sphere in there. It's a little 3D. There. A little yeah, bit. and the more, the more you refract it, the more round it's, you know, the more it's going to look like it's popped out. So we're going to find something that looks realistic. I'm finding with this canvas, which is about 2,500 pixels square, um, about a 1, 1.8 to 1.9 is, is good. I'd say 1.8. So now we're going to do that. And there we go. Now, if this happens, I'm glad that this happened because this is, um, this is something that may drive you nuts if you're not sure, okay, well, why did it all of a sudden give me this green stuff at the bottom? What happens there is that the color indexing of this particular file is off. Okay. So there's something wrong with the file, the source image, or um, it just doesn't manipulate very well out of the box. So what you can do in that case, watch this. I'm so glad that happened. Can't really explain those kinds of things. Okay, so Control-A to select all. Control-C is to copy into your clipboard and now paste as new image. So now I've created a new image with that image. But now uh, if all goes well and I repeat the apply lens, I'm not going to have that weird issue with the green at the bottom. There we go. Okay, so we've just solved that problem. I can close the original image, which I no longer need. Now you can see that you've got this nice sphere there, but it has the outer edge. So we're going to grab the circular marquee up at the top there, the ellipse. Grab the top left corner, drag down to the bottom right corner, hold in your left shift key to make it so that it's a perfect circle, and then just let go and drag that marquee just to the right spot and copy it to your clipboard. Okay. Now back at our space scene, we're just going to simply paste that in. You'll see that it is huge compared to our canvas. So that's not going to work. Let's paste into a new image. And now we're going to scale that. That's what it looks like now. Looking pretty good. Let's scale it. Let's go image, scale image, and we want it to be about 600 pixels based on the canvas size. So now copy and paste that. Oh, that's way too big still. Oh, wait, no, I'm zoomed in. Sorry. There we go. No, that's not so bad. Looks a little bit like Death Star right now. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to just position that anywhere on our canvas uh, without letting it crop out to the edges. But now with the, that layer selected, I want to right-click and go Alpha to Selection. So you see what I've done is I've created a marquee that is specifically around that planet. That's by right-clicking on the layer name and going Alpha to Selection. Now right-click and go Select. And we're going to grow that by, we said it was 600 pixels, so we want to do about 50% of that, so let's make it, 50% uh, of that is 300 pixels. We're going to grow that selection by that much. Then we're going to feather the selection. And what that means is, of course, uh, we are up softening up those edges. I think, the, see, that's going outside of the uh, canvas. I don't want to make it that big. Again, we, we kind of play that with that a little bit. Grow that. Let's make it a little bit less. Let's, let's try 150. That looks pretty good. Okay, so now feather 
the selection to soften the edge. We're working with a 1280, or no, a 1920 by 1280 canvas, so my feather should be about 350 pixels to soften that edge. And now if I create a new layer and fill it in black, watch what happens. Not the layer, but the, my marquee. Now my planet has kind of disappeared as if it's, it's kind of there, as if it's covered by an eclipse. So now deselect and drag that layer and see what we're doing is we are actually creating a sh shadow on our planet. And we now have a planet that looks That looks pretty cool. Real. Okay, so real quick, now let's link those two layers together, the shadow and our planet, so that we can move it anywhere on the screen that we like. Let's move it on our canvas to, say, over here. And you'll notice that my stars are being covered by the shadow, and that's not the case because they are actually in the distance. So again, let's right-click on our planet, alpha to selection, then right-click on our shadow, and we're going to add a layer mask, and that is based on the selection. And now you'll see that the stars now shine through. Now, where's that light coming from, Krista? Oh, from the top. That's the thing. Let's make a new layer. Yeah, it's coming from the top left area just like my demonstration image. But we, we want to create that light. So let's right-click. I've created a new empty layer. Filters. Notice this is something that I love about the GIMP. Krista, you probably, I don't know if you recognize this as I'm doing it, but one of the things that I do love about the GIMP versus Photoshop is that I'm working with blank, empty layers. I don't have to have a canvas that has material on it to manipulate. If I want to right. add a lens flare, for example... Mm -hmm. I don't have to have, have something on the canvas in order to flare it. I can work with a completely empty layer. You know what I mean? Cool. So that's what I, and I say that because that's exactly what I'm about to do, uh, which I think is kind of a downfall of Photoshop and an advantage to the GIMP, which is free. Filters. Light and shadow. Supernova. And we're going to position that where we think, this is a representation of our canvas. So let's position it where we think the light point should probably be. Color it white. And let's start off with very few spokes because you don't want it to look too fake. You want it to look like an ambient kind of burst of light. Get the radius up a little bit so that it's quite bright. And then hit OK. And there we go. So now we've got a sun. We've got the shadow in approximately the right place, which we can unlink the shadow. And we can move that shadow if we want to improve the... Uh, the position of it and then we can change the mask so let's remove that delete the layer mask create a new mask from here there we go so then we end up with a, a more accurate representation of where the light would be falling and there you have it so another under five minutes flat pretty much mm -hmm. you can create that kind of an image we did it in about uh, 20 minutes tonight because we're, we're kind of walking you through yeah, everything. Yeah, going step by doing. step. Yeah. That's but that's, cool. uh, that's as simple as it is. All right, well, there you have it. That is our uh, GIMP tip for this week. Make sure you tune in to more GIMP tips if you want to learn how to use the free Photoshop alternative GNU image manipulation program. Go to linuxtechshow.com and look for the, Linux, uh, look for the GIMP uh, tips there. 
All right, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And we're going to head on over to our tech-centric newsroom over here <laughs> and find out what's going on. Oh, Sasha yeah. Dermatis. Here we are, and here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Facebook has introduced a new service to help users recover lost passwords. Audio-based hacks are becoming more of a fear as scientists reveal the potential uses. A new pair of, an elect of electronic glasses autofocus on what you're looking at. Eight years of evidence have been lost by Texas police thanks to ransomware. And see a great deal on the Black Phone 2 on eBay? It's quite likely a counterfeit and will be bricked by the manufacturer. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well... Of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, because cat5.tv slash gearbest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. cat5.tv slash gearbest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about compute? Uh consumer electronics those make a great gift absolutely from high-tech watches to action cameras headphones even virtual reality headsets cat5.tv slash gearbest has you covered they literally have it all jeff literally really it's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb yeah, I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gear best. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, but, of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. cat5.tv slash GearBest. That's right. Happy shopping. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of February 1st, 2017. Facebook has unveiled a new service that remedies one of the biggest headaches facing online users today, the forgotten password. Facebook now offers a service that allows users who lose their GitHub login credentials to securely regain access to their accounts. The process takes only seconds and uses a handful of clicks over encrypted HTTPS HTTPS web links to set it up. Facebook users create a GitHub recovery token in advance and save it with their Facebook account. 
In the event they lose their GitHub login credentials, they can re-authenticate to Facebook and request the tokens be sent to GitHub with a timestamp signature. The token is encrypted, so Facebook can't read any of the personal information it stores. After the request is sent, the GitHub account is restored. With the exception of Facebook's assertion that the person recovering the GitHub account is the same person who saved the token, Facebook and GitHub don't share any personal information about the user. The service is designed to eliminate the hassle and significant insecurity found in most account recovery systems that exist now. One common recovery method involves answering security questions. Many of the questions, for instance, what is your favorite sport and what is your favorite pizza topping, is asked by um, United Airlines and they're easily guessed. That leaves people susceptible to account takeovers. Other methods, such as delivering security tokens by email or SMS text message, lack the kind of end-to-end -end encryption that's increasingly expected for secure communications. Unlike a compromised email account, which can often be used to gain access to dozens of online accounts controlled by the owner, the Facebook service can be rate limited. In the event a Facebook account is hijacked, the rate limiting can be used to prevent an attacker from accessing the third-party accounts all at once. That, could feature, that feature could prove useful in the future should the service, should the service be adopted by a large number of other third-party services. For now, the service is available only for GitHub, but Facebook hopes other third-party sites will start using it eventually. That's cool. I, um, mm -hmm. I could probably use a little help or security in the back of my mind that if I forget my password, somebody's got my back. But that's, why, that's why you have a notepad, though, for... I sort of have a post-it note in my wallet that has every single <laughs> That's password. sticky on the bottom of your monitor. <laughs> every single yes. password. Oh, boy. And it's, it fell out of my wallet once, and I, I like, literally, like, it was like I had dropped, like, some precious thing. I was like, oh, my passwords! Oh, my goodness. Kind of Yikes. Scary. Yikes. <laughs> if you steal my stuff, you got all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On episode 439, Jeff unveiled a potential hack on Google Now. Sorry, I have to pause this for a second, Robbie. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I, do you have anything to I say? I don't know what you're referring to. I don't know. Sasha, remember that Google Now story? That you, like, you see this once a week. Yeah, I was like, Sasha, remember that? You remember the story? Okay, Google. And I was like, you're the one who does the news, and it was Jeff. That's right. Jeff had Jeff. the news that week. Nice. That's right. Jeff See, it's just because I take for granted that you are here every week for the news now. Right, except for episode 439, where Jeff mm. unveiled the potential hack. Not me. I huh. did the, now I know. Did the four pictures <laughs> of your broccoli to chocolate. I did that news story. You did do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one I did not do. Okay. Oh, and man. Scientists are now claiming that not only can Google now be compromised, but machine learning interfaces like Amazon's Alexa can easily be hacked through bogus voice commands. We've talked about Alexa buying dollhouses and joked that we could say something on the show to command your Amazon Echo to order products from our store, but this is no laughing matter. Researchers say it's not an unlikely scenario. They say not only can attackers issue ma mal-audio voice commands to any AI listening device that is in audible range, but they can do it using hidden voice commands. Those are commands that might not even be noticed by the user. 
Nicholas Carlini and Pratesh Mersha of, Univ of University of California, Berkeley, who wrote a new paper on the subject along with some other academics don't specifically target or mention Amazon's Alexa, but they do claim their test attacks work against Google Now's speech recognition system and that their voice commands are likely to work with any modern voice recognition system. That would include smartphones. We show that adversaries with significant knowledge of the speech recognition system can construct hidden voice commands, they write in their paper. And they could be commands that humans cannot understand at all. The voice channel is the vector for attack. Carlini recently said that one big potential problem area could be in the texting of premium SMS numbers. He explains that the command, okay, Google now, text, and then a number, followed by a special rate number could get costly for the interface owner. He said that this could become an even bigger near-feature problem as AI banking becomes prevalent. An example could be, okay, Google now, pay Sasha $100. <laughs> Carlini says the problem arises not in an individual spoofing the voice recognition, such as a thief walking by and spouting a command. In that case, the device owner could simply cancel the command. The problem is in professional hacking cases where the sounds that are created seem like noise to the human ear but are speech for the device. The device hears the garbage as real commands and the device owner isn't aware of the attack. Results could be drastic. Posting a user's location on Twitter, for example, could be performed by the hack. That could conceivably be as serious as the loss of money for some. Opening a web page loaded with malware is another example the researchers use. If you'd like to hear an audio sample of what this type of attack might sound like, check out the Category 5.TV Newsroom episode 439, which was Jeff Weston. <laughs> Do we have to worry about the sample now? So it's like the sample is going to make you donate. No, I'm just yeah, as soon as you <laughs> just turn off OK Google, Google Now when, uh, when, when you're watching it. It is. Okay. It's actually. It's very scary because, really, if you're walking around with, say, your smartphone, I, people mm -hmm. do it all the time. There's if the audio. Oh yeah, is on, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, sure. Um, How would you know? Because you walk past things that are noisy and you just tune them out. It's not like you hear acutely everything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I wonder how. But I wonder how much noise can be like ambient noise can be uh in the room or whatever because you think about a busy um like a uh, merchant or something where mm -hmm. you know there is advertising and things like oh, that yeah. and there are audio ads mm -hmm. what's to stop them from placing something seemingly benign but actually mm -hmm. you know tricking your phone into doing something well it's really interesting because like at first i thought because I know I'm an Apple user. I'm sorry, guys. I know Android Get users out, out there. Yeah. Um, but I know with <laughs> iOS, whenever you use Siri, you can calibrate your voice. So it's only like if you say, hey, okay. Siri. So it only recognizes you, essentially? Yeah. So then you say, hey, Siri, so many. Shoot, sorry. That was actually on. Oh, um, <laughs> it's going actually off. worked. What did we just buy? Um, uh, did we just put $100 into our account? Pay Sasha $100. <laughs> Right. Not, not again. Um, no, but really. So I'm like, uh, I'm wondering if that's another way to combat that. So like if you add more, um, like just because again, voice technology, voice activated technology is becoming so prevalent in our lives. Mm -hmm. So, and there's all these new little activities that hackers can do. So again, if you're listening to the radio or a po podcast and have this little garbled audio come in, like if, if there's an easy way to just 
add another layer of voice security by only recognizing like your yes. voice. How, how accurate can that be, though? Well, could I not? People can imitate voices very easily, I would say. Well, yeah, you see all these imitators like online and on YouTube, sure. and so. But is it in the intonation? Is it in the pronunciation? Is right. it in the accent? Exactly, because it's just waveform. If you think about then, it, it sounds yeah. just waves. See, I'm gonna like bright side this up a little bit. I feel like I, w- I would like there to be an automatic hack in places like movie theaters or like the clinic I work oh. in where there's a no cell phone policy yep. where it just automatically plays every once in a while like an okay Google now shut off my phone. And then, hey, and there then you so go. Everybody in, this, in the theater, their phone gets okay, turned Google. off. Airplane mode on. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Darn it. Why is the phone working? Yes, oh, no. Be good in hospitals and airplanes and such. Airplanes. Right, where it just comes over. <laughs> where they still claim <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. that the phone is going to interfere. Yeah. I don't know. I sort of believe that. Gas stations? Your phone can't be on in a gas station. Or you can't be on your phone in a gas station. I don't know why. It's an why. electronic device. It's like static. Something yeah. might happen. Yeah. Not good with fuel. Not not really. <laughs> All right. They're not very pretty, but prototype eyeglasses from uni- the University of Utah students could make progressive lenses obsolete for older people. Using electronically activated lenses and infrared distance meters, they can focus automatically on whatever you're looking at, whether it's far or close up. Once perfected, <laughs> The device could eliminate the need for multiple pairs of reading glasses. I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> just all of a sudden, near? Far. <laughs> it just happened. I couldn't, I couldn't Rover help. Rover would just, wear these glasses. Just amazing. <laughs> just couldn't, couldn't. Sponsor. <laughs> okay. Age-related far or nearsightedness happens with the lenses in your eye can no longer change focus between objects. This is known as presbyopia. <laughs> I'm impressed. That's wow. not in the script. That's not in the script. So smarticle. Well, so Robbie said that he actually took that out of the script. I actually he, did. When yeah. I was writing the story, I removed that from the story because <laughs> like, I thought, oh, that's a hard one to pronounce. Sasha added it just because she knew. <laughs> She's just Got showing off, folks. Yeah. As a result, many people between their 40s and 50s have to wear progressive lens eyeglasses divided into small focal zones depending on object distance. One company called or called Deep Optics has pursued an autofocusing solution using see-through liquid 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 crystal lenses, but is still working on a practical prototype. Google is also working on an autofocus contact lens with startup Novartis, but recently said that it wouldn't be testing them anytime soon. To make the lenses adjustable, the University of Utah team placed glycerin, a thick clear liquid within membranes on the front and back. The chunky frame, meanwhile, holds electronics, a battery, and an infrared distance meter. When you look at something, the meter gauges the distance and sends a signal to the mechanical actuator on the rear membrane. Within 14 milliseconds, which is actually quite quick, Mm -hmm. it switches focus from one object to another, giving you clear vision without the need to look up or down. The next part of the story is my favorite. Users can upload their prescriptions to the glasses by pairing them with a smartphone over Bluetooth. What? That what? means that in theory, you could keep the same pair of glasses forever, even if your eyesight changes. Yay, my budget. You <laughs> no, these are actually $10,000 glasses, right. guaranteed. Never have to buy again. That's right. You would need to recharge them like a smartphone, but that could be less of a hassle than pick it, packing multiple pairs around. 
That's true. Yeah, you know. I, I like the idea. You just have to pick hmm. like one pair of glasses. Clearly the ones, the prototype glasses are not really my style, but if not I really? find a pair of glasses, yeah. <laughs> those ones are a little thick rimmed for me. Uh, for a net. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> anyway, the current prototype debuted at CES earlier this month. The goal now is to make the whole package smaller and lighter v- via some serious miniaturization. The team has created a startup company to commercialize the smart glasses and hopefully get them on the market in as little as three years. That should be enough time before my eyesight actually starts to fail due to age. (laughs) So this could be a real thing for me. (laughs) Yes. Okay. On to some more serious news. Police in Texas have lost evidence going back eight years in a ransomware attack. Cockrell Hill, Texas, has a population of just over 4,000, and their police force has lost eight years of evidence when a departmental server was compromised by ransomware. In a public statement, the department said the malware had been introduced to the department's systems through email. Specifically, it arrived from a cloned email address imitating a department-issued email address. And after taking root, requested for Bitcoin and ransom worth about $3,600 today, or nearly $4,000 as the department puts it. It was at this point that their backup procedures were tested and found to have failed to account for the mischief. When the recovery was attempted, they realized they had only managed to back up the encrypted files. The police then spoke to the FBI. The police then spoke to the FBI, and upon consultation with them, it was determined that there was no guarantee that the the decryption file would actually be provided. Therefore, the decision was made not to go forward with the Bitcoin transfer and to simply isolate and wipe the virus from the servers. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Does that mean that the people in that town, now that there is no evidence, do, like... (laughs) <laughs> we're free oh, freedom get out of jail free card no, like, i don't know happens, about that but what happens at this point well, i guess it's weird because you'd think that they were like separated from a networked like I, I wouldn't want files like that to be able to be accessible over a network that's a thing i'd want it i want like a defined sure. wall like a plug well you would think but in a small town how many mm-hmm. was it four four thousand four thousand people this is a very right. small town folks so yeah um you think about that and figure they probably don't have air gap systems backing up their data and things <sighs> like like just plain and simple so what it boils down to is understanding how these kinds of ransomware mm-hmm. can infiltrate not only your main files but your backup so what it sounds like to me is that you know, they've been smart. They've got a backup. They've got a drive connected to the server mm-hmm. that every day backs up any files, mm-hmm. right? So what happens when that server then gets infected with malware that encrypts the files is the backup that day then overwrites all the files on the backup with the encrypted versions. Right. Mm-hmm. So the two things that you can really do, in a, not, not mm-hmm. in that situation, but to prevent that situation for your business, for your home, is... One, rotate your drives. Always take that drive, unplug it, mm-hmm. plug in the next drive, and allow that backup to only overwrite this drive. And once you've confirmed that everything's cool, hunky-dory, for the next time you're going to switch, mm-hmm. then you can switch your drives back. So right. you've always got a drive that is, you know, say a week old or something like that that you can take off-site. And yeah. it's safe. It's air-gapped. Right. Right. I mean, and as long as you find out that there is a problem within that time frame, you're okay. Yes. Right? Yeah. But better than that still is to set up what I call an untouchable backup. And yeah. what that is is something that is 
it's connected or it's accessible, but it is not accessible by a virus or a network computer. How so, would How would you do that? Well, there's a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's cloud storage that will keep incremental backups in such a way that you can go back in time. Okay. okay? There mm-hmm. are other solutions such as RDIF backup, mm-hmm. which uh, runs on a Linux server and will create a backup and then increment it every day. And it only saves the bit-for-bit changes that have okay. occurred since the last backup. Huh. So if something happened today that encrypted all my files and then my RDIF backup happened, it mm-hmm. would write to the drive just those changes. Hmm. So then I could say to RDIF backup, okay, restore from yesterday's backup, okay. and it will discard all those changes and give me back my files. That's interesting. That's so good to know. that kind of thing is very helpful as well. Certainly hope that that small town in Texas is watching this show right now. <laughs> it's too late for you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. Nice, nice. But it's not too late for you, and that's why we wanted to just take a moment and explain a couple of ways that you can prevent this kind of thing. And you can't, you can't say to, to them, oh, you did a bad job. Because this is fairly typical, especially of yeah. a small... Like, this is 4,000 people in the entire community. Right. Mm-hmm. And you hear about much, much larger companies that are getting uh, hacked by this type of oh, exploit. Oh, yeah, and corporations and everything, right? And governments and things like that, too. Governments right? so is a scary thing. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, tran- <laughs> transit systems. and Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's scary stuff. So mm-hmm. that's how to keep yourself protected. All right. Another one. The makers of the Black Phone 2 warned would-be customers to stay away from eBay. Silent Circle, the company behind the privacy-focused smartphone with encrypted voice services, issued an alert about purchasing devices from unauthorized resellers. Now, now that alert has turned into action with the latest update to Silent OS, the Android-based operating system built for the Black Phone. Silent OS 3.0.8 will disable phones that were not purchased through Silent Circle's approved cer- approved channels. Silent Circle claims the phones to be counterfeit. These knockoffs could be manufactured by the company's contract manufacturer beyond Silent Circle's production runs or by another manufacturer who has cloned the device. Mm. Numerous sellers on eBay are offering new and real black phone to devices for less than Silent Circle's authorized sellers. In some cases, the difference in price is over $100. Of course, they're not new and they're not real. Um, these phones are sold without a license to, to use the service embedded in the Silent OS. While Silent Circle sells its phones directly in North America, it sells through partners in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and Asia. In a statement, Silent Circle said, it's imperative for, cus- for consumers and companies to work directly with authorized sales partners when purchasing the Black Phone 2. We invite people to check with us prior to purchasing so that we can help them be sure they're securing an authorized phone to ensure they get the software and services that come with it. You know, they're not alone. We hear about iPhones uh, as another one that are being sold as counterfeits. Oh, yeah. And so. Ch- truth be told, I mean, people are really susceptible to this because they they are really just looking for, like, a hot deal, right? Sure. They, and as a they consumer, yeah. legit. Like, some of these counterfeit things, like, even counterfeit purses and watches and, you know, sure. iPhones and everything, mm-hmm. they look like the real thing. And, and they could be even manufactured at the same sort of company yeah in the you same think factory. about um, yeah. factories are hired 
to manufacture these devices. So they sign mm-hmm. contracts that say, you know, it's non-disclosure and, and we're not going to do any of that. Mm-hmm. But they do. Right. And so it may be an exact duplicate or they may have used some knockoff parts to keep the cost down mm-hmm. and then they've created something very, very similar. It yes. looks the same. It behaves the same. Yeah. It's not the same it's thing. It's not the same. <laughs> mm. Which actually leads me to worry that this, this bricking update... Yeah. What if it's that's close, aggressive, right? What if it's really going to target people who actually think they have the real thing? They're going to learn like the shock. Hard way. It's, it's, it's going to be a big shock, right? Exactly, because they're like, "Oh yeah, no problem. This is, doesn't affect me. I have a legit one." Yeah. Not in any way thinking that their phone is all of a sudden going to. And you think that working. that's a bad thing for a manufacturer to do to mm-hmm. brick intentionally users' phones, but remember. Mm-hmm. Samsung phones exploded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> told, this is a really aggressive move, but it's it's a smart move at this point, I guess, because it's it's a way for them to stop this kind of counterfeiting at its current level. Right. But it's also alerting those manufacturers to their capability of doing this, so they can then, I would think, would work around it. Right. Oh, yeah. future iteration. Well, the truth is, what would happen to the, this silent circle, what would happen to their name if all of these counterfeit phones all of a sudden were used for some, you know, bad reason? Oh, like, sure, right? yeah. It's encrypted oh, yeah. voice calling. Yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's a smart move. It's just aggressive. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. thing. Yeah. Because, like, a phone is a phone, and you think that the software that's on it is the phone. Mm-hmm. Right. If I bought a computer that had Microsoft Windows on it and found out or didn't find out that it was actually pirated the copy of windows and microsoft pushed out an update that killed my computer bricked it in in the case of a phone it may be really really difficult to get it up and running again oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know is it fair for a software vendor to to do that in this case a hardware vendor Mm i know yeah it's a hard thing white attached to my phone if all of a sudden i ran a software update that rendered it oh yeah useless like i literally Mm -hmm. use my phone for everything i these yeah, I, I would get anxious. Everyone I'm does. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So these are the, now, if we've bought this phone, we're obviously privacy and security minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to get our latest updates. We want to mm-hmm. be updating our phone and making sure we get the latest yeah. security patches. What's this going to do to my mindset if I think uh, it might not be safe for me to update? I certainly hope that there's a warning before the update that says... Your phone is counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. Contact to make sure that this is an authorized version of Mm -hmm. the phone Mm -hmm. before this update. Right? Maybe. Because then at least say if it isn't, right? Maybe you can transfer your, you could buy a real phone, Mm -hmm. um, authorized phone, and then transfer the, any contacts and data. There you go. Before doing the update. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what to do. Call the company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. For the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. We are completely out of time, but we are going to take some time <laughs> to uh, go through some viewer questions, comments. Uh, Henry? You want to take one for me? I got, uh, oh, uh, TOS Today uh, mm-hmm. posted on our YouTube channel. Which one? Is, this is the first it's one. It's the right? very first one, yeah. We're, it's just like I in don't know. Order and I can count. One, two, three, four. <laughs> okay. So, 
Here we go. I shared episode 487 about phishing scams on my Facebook page. Excellent information. And that's really important, being able to share this information. Firstly, thank you very much for your comment. And thank and you for, for sharing. sharing it. Absolutely. Because that's the biggest thing, is that learning about this before it happens, that's, that's pretty much the greatest way you can stop it from happening, is education. He actually put together a video promoting our video really? to post on his So it's like uh, videoception YouTube. then. That's, it really was. It was great. That's amazing. We appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Brittany Marie, your pal Frank saw the same video about phishing scams from episode number 487. Sasha, do you want to read Brittany Marie's comments certainly all right so a or few, questions a few questions questions nice. questions comments thoughts concerns <laughs> okay number one was the phishing email from a legitimate source so if you hovered mm. over the link in your inbox was it a legit url yes Right, which works only in a web client and leads to number two question. Okay, well, let's Second hit number question. one. First yeah. of all, number one, it appeared to be, just like it was able to spoof the URL and trick mm -hmm. me into thinking that it was a legitimate URL, yeah. it actually spoofed the from when you hovered over it. So yeah. amazingly done. Crazy. Okay, so my agency's email client is Outlook, and with that, I haven't found a way to either see if the source is legit or see the URL string for injection, etc. Okay. I assume the same would be true for something like Thunderbird. Do you have any information on that? Okay, well, in Outlook, um, you can look at the headers of the email, the actual source code. You can right-click on the email in your inbox, and uh, now it's different from, the wording is always different from program to program. I believe Outlooks says view original or possibly view source, show headers. One of those is going to be it. <laughs> but it, it will actually show you the, the source code of the email itself. Oh, well, that's good. Another trick, and this is something you can do in Thunderbird if you're unable to find your way to do it. Uh, you, you used to be able to do this in things like Outlook Express and other programs, is to actually save the email as an EML file. Export it. Go file, save as, save it to your hard drive, and then open it in a text editor because it is a text file. And that will allow you to view the source as well. A little bit of a, a hacky way to do it. but interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, for the robocalls, there are call blocking devices available on Amazon, and I've been tempted to try one. Currently, mm. I deal with it by just not answering the phone unless it's a number oh, I can identify. Yes, that's what Becca does. Yeah. And, and you never know who, who it is that's actually calling, but there's some that just dial and dial and dial. Well, it says mm -hmm. legitimate callers leave a message, and I call them right back. Right. Most often, that is true. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not always. There are a couple of different devices. I've seen some. Uh, there's one in particular that uh, whenever anyone calls, mm -hmm. they're first greeted. It instantly picks up, and it, they're greeted with um, a robot voice that says, press 1 to continue. It's as simple as that because robot dialers, mm -hmm. um, typically you'll notice that there's about a three second delay before they actually right. pick up because yeah. they're using what's called an angel dialer. So oh, it's a okay. system that automatically goes through phone numbers and dials. And once it's established a connection, it patches it through to the call taker. Mm -hmm. Then they've got their script. So because it, it knows that this particular device, mm -hmm. the immediate thing that happens is press one to continue. So a real person will hear that and press one, and it rings your phone. Mm -hmm. The angel dialer won't hear it, and so okay. it will wait for a moment, and then it sends a tone to the angel dialer, which mm -hmm. is meant to remove you from their list. Wow. 
and That's so it's pretty intelligent. Cool. <laughs> uh, so there are very there are a lot of different devices. There are some free ways to do it. As far as you know, if you could build an old computer and uh, and throw something like asterisk on it, that might mm-hmm. be overkill. But uh, uh-huh. you may be able to build your own PBX and actually set something up that would allow you to filter those calls. Well, if you're a small business or something and you have to answer mm-hmm. the call, you want legitimate phone calls. You don't want sure. your. Mm-hmm. It can be very distracting. Yeah. So. Wow. And then there's another one. This was a. This is a great. Um, question. So camera issues. What about multiple cameras with a virtual director? On the surface, it seems like it more realistic, maybe. As a virtual director like a robot? I think so. <laughs> hey, Google. <A> solution, uh, <laughs> okay, Google, switch it's, it's cameras. A, it's a more realistic solution than switching. Uh, we've had automated switching as a feature in our agency video tele- teleconferencing system for years, and I find it annoying. Mm. Just some thoughts. Okay. And love ya. Cheers. Love you. Thanks for the comments and the questions. Appreciate it very, very much. Yeah, we're working on you know what's going to work best. We have two cameras set up right now, so we've been able to set this one up for Sasha so that she's got a nice crystal clear shot for the news. Mm-hmm. Then we've got this camera, which we're having to use digital zoom on in order to move around the shot. So that's why that one's a little bit more grainy, but yeah. wide shot looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. If we had two more cameras, say, we'd be able to do some really nice shots that look as clear as the optical zoom on that camera. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we'll work towards. And, you know, contributions yep. that, that, you, uh, that you provide our viewers, um, you know, if, uh, if the bills are paid, then we'll take the surplus and we'll say, hey, maybe it's time to upgrade a, a little bit. Yeah, Woo-hoo. add another camera. Or my <laughs> dream is to add a really nice 4K studio camera so that yeah. we've got digital zoom still, but it's, it doesn't have the graininess because yeah, these the are quality. 1080p, right? right? So when we zoom in, we lose quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Dambeck saw the, uh, the Starfleet communicator on episode 488 and comments, I love the badge, but I don't know how Bluetooth works. I've never used it. Bluetooth. Okay. It's time, yeah. my friend. It's time, Robert. <laughs> it is to, time. Uh, to, yeah, head on over to cat5.tv slash Star Trek and learn all about it. Actually, Bluetooth, you've seen it on the show. Go to our website, category5.tv, and do a search for Bluetooth, and you'll see a lot of great features. I've got a mm. fantastic pair of uh, House of Marley headphones, uh, mm. the Rebel BTs, and we actually sell them on our store. Mm-hmm. They're one of our top sellers. Wow. They are awesome. And it's a wireless head, uh, full cup headphone. And it, ha- it has excellent sound. There's no wow. latency, but they're completely wireless, so you're never snagging. So I, I love that, you know, I'll use them when I'm cutting the grass and stuff, and you never have to worry about that big, long cable <laughs> hanging around your neck, and it's just fantastic. So, But with this guy, it, it, you know, it works as a controller, a speakerphone, plays my music, and mm-hmm. uh, everything else. So you can, you can do a lot with Bluetooth. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That technology. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, questions. Email us live at category5.tv. If you didn't see the Star Trek Communicator, make sure you go back and watch episode number 488. But in the meantime, next week, don't forget, Nelson Hudis, our good friend, is going to be joining us uh, via Skype video. Whoa, and technology. And we are going <laughs> to have a Starfleet Communicator Inception episode. Oh, that's We awesome. are actually going to call one another on Skype with the Bluetooth uh, Starfleet communicator from mm-hmm. cat5.tv slash Star Trek. So cool. And you're going to get to hear the quality. We're going to see if there's any latency, if there are any issues that uh, should be noted. And uh, if there are, then we'll work around them and see uh, see mm-hmm. what needs to be done. As Beam we tend to do. Yeah. Beam them up into the set. I don't know if it does that. That would be really cool. It's an add-on. You have to, uh, you have purchase to buy separately. that separately. Yeah. <laughs> 
It is. Can Fantastic. you just have us beam in at the beginning of the show? Is I it weird that, that I say that out loud and beam now in? it's like not going to be a surprise oh, yeah. later? We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Wayne's world. That's Wayne's not Star Trek. <laughs> oh, Keep messing that up. Yeah, all right. Uh-oh. They're so similar. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching.